And we're live. Uh, this is Angular Air, uh, broadcasting live from um, my office, as well as uh, Angular Connect, which is where we're more interested. Um, and so I'll just give a quick intro. If it looks like I'm tired, it's because I am. It is 5.30 a.m. where I am. And uh, I wish that I were in bed, sort of. But I'm happy to be here. Um, we are um, going to be talking to um, speakers at Angular Connect. And we're uh, excited to chat with them about what uh, uh, what they've enjoyed about Angular Connect and, and uh, something about their talks. Um, so before we get started, um, I'll just go through the basic normal um, uh, announcements. We're actually, I don't think that we will be doing uh, Q&A from Twitter. I'll, I'll look at it, um, but we may not have time. So if you do have a question, the hashtag is ng or question. Um, but, uh, we may not have time for that, so um, Olivier may just have to answer your questions on Twitter. Right, Olivier? Hopefully. <laughs> and uh, then um, we don't actually have a show scheduled for next week, so just tune in, and it's going to be great. Um, and follow us on Twitter and Google+, uh, as always, to keep up with the latest and greatest. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and talk about Angular Connect. Hello, everybody. So we are live at Angular Connect, and we, well, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm really enjoying the conference so far. Um, we have some amazing speakers with us, uh, and we will try to uh, interview a lot of them. So let's see if we can keep the schedule working. Um, and we start with, well, maybe we can say hi to everybody. So hi, Carmen. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> uh, this is Rado Kiraf. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Jeff. And <laughs> um, Hi. Thank I have to say, actually, before we get started, that the best part of this conference so far, in my opinion, was at the party last night, yeah. watching Carmen get down and groovy. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I, I do have a video of that that maybe we'll uh, put a link to mm -hmm. on the, in the show notes or whatever. Yeah, I saw it. It looks, it looks so funny. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm super jealous. It was so much fun. I had so much fun yesterday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can probably find things on Twitter already. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, Rado, maybe you can tell us a bit about you, uh, what you do, and what was your talk. All right. Um, so I'm on Angular core team. Uh, I work in Mountain View with the rest of the team. Um, so I gave the Hello World of Angular 2. I think... Uh, I don't know. You guys will tell me how it went, actually. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the goal of the talk is really to uh, go over very slowly through the basics of Angular 2 and uh, the, all the new things, uh, the ES6 modules, the ES6 classes that you see, the TypeScript decorators, um, showcase the experience in WebStorm when you get optional typing. And uh, it was live coding. Um, so that went well. Uh, there, was, there, were no, there was no live debugging. It was Did all... you have your MA yet? I, I just did it this morning. So did you get a lot of good questions at that? Uh, I think it was a little too early. Not mm. that many people showed up. Okay. Yeah. yeah we, we had a really uh, cool conference this morning as well, so maybe they were just in the room. That's right. Yeah, they mm. are during. So uh, I think uh, there will be more questions during the day as I walk yeah. through the halls and people stop and ask. But um, yeah. Did, did any of you guys come to the, yeah. Yeah. To the talk? It was nice. Well, if you're already into Angular 2, it was for the beginners, so... Exactly, so 
yeah, I think most of the panelists would already know the content. Yeah. But it's good. At a conference, there's always a wide array of different people, and yeah. a lot of people that come to it to try to get started. So it's good to have that talk yep. available. Yep. Yeah. Um, but if you're getting started in Angular 2, that's the, the show that you, you want to watch on YouTube once it's available. That, that should be probably the first the first talk you start with. And then, yeah. uh, there were a lot more advanced ones coming later. Um, so did you, did you watch some of the other conference uh, during this event? What, what's your favorite so far? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> an old question. Like, Other uh, than your own. Yeah, they're, they're all my friends, right? So uh, I don't want to pick one. Um, let's see. Well, half of them already seen, because they're by the team members. I've seen the dry runs. Uh, I haven't seen the actual live talk. Um, let's see. Well, maybe, maybe a different way is, like, what is a talk that you were surprised by or, like, learned, learned something from yourself? Because you, you've seen some of them already. You uh -huh. already know a lot. Yeah. So Angular 2 talks, I think I knew most of them. Uh, I liked uh, Jen's talk about uh, upgrading Angular 1. It's kind of the dirty bits nobody likes to talk about, like, you know, actually having a large production application written in Angular 1 mm -hmm. and going through, you know, 1.2, 1.3, and uh, how we do it. Uh, she, she maintains a big application in Google, um, in Google Seattle. So uh, I think there was a lot of really practical knowledge there that was new to me. I didn't kind of see that one before. I don't work that closely with that team. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was uh, very interesting. Uh, people can learn a lot there. Um, that was interesting. What else? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, do you think that people can start Angular 2 now? Yeah, that, that there's a talk that I gave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, getting, yeah, it's yeah. called Getting Started. So uh, they definitely can get started. Uh, whether you ship to production um, depends what you mean by production. It, it, what, yeah, right. Uh, what we mean in Google is production. The bar is pretty high. Um, for other developers, it might be different. So. Well, I think the thing that most people think about when they're, they're talking about that now is like, yeah, of course, today I'm not going to ship to production because it's not released. Yeah. But if, let's say, I'm building something that's going to be released, you know, in a couple months, yeah. is it reasonable to get started now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the concepts are pretty stable. Um, like if you 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 know you saw some of the concepts in ng Europe a year ago then ngconf mm -hmm. and you see, I think you keep seeing like the the core ideas of the framework are their components uh, you know what what we're doing with the new dependency injection and so on so the core concepts are there uh, definitely start experimenting building stuff uh, we're in alpha you know you you'll get the right signs when we declare beta when we declare final release yep so definitely start building start playing I actually wanted to say that, and I was saying that to a, I was saying that to a to a friend of mine that somehow like yesterday when I watched the keynote until now I was always a bit on the standoff. I was saying okay, I think it needs a bit more time. It needs a bit more time. Mm -hmm. But then yesterday after watching the keynote, I felt okay. I think now it's a good time to start with it. It it really felt like that to me. So. Yeah, was there a particular thing that Brad announced that made you um, do that switch? Not necessarily. It was just like like I, I saw like the things that are coming and like the status of everything, and it really felt like, yeah, if I if I would want to start something now, I think I would start. Yeah, not mm -hmm. that I think, but I would definitely start it with Angular too. And it was like a very nice feeling because I was really waiting for this feeling of okay, when can I start? When can I start? And of course, you can always start, but like now it really felt like that for me. 
Yeah, it's ex it's exciting to start new project and see all of the cool things that uh, people are building. Um, if you watch uh, this morning, was a talk about native script, and we will have a beta wrangle this afternoon, and it feels like uh, all the tools are um, coming now, and now you have everything you need to. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the good thing is that you've had some teams have had time, like Ionic as well is the same boat. Yeah, they've had time yeah, to right. build on top of the alpha, so now they're having some of their stuff available too. So which yeah, is great. that's a sign that the core is really getting solid, yeah. and then we're seeing the isomorphic, uh, the universal attempt, the web workers, Ionic, yeah. native, so like all the. I saw as well, like in Thomas's talk, they're also working on material with Angular too, yeah. so that's quite something. Yeah, and now is the time to start building your own libraries for Angular 2. That time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to take all the cool uh, names on uh, GitHub and NPM, sure. You should start now. <laughs> I think I'll just go and reserve a bunch of things. Can't get NG2 Translate, though. <laughs> yeah, too late. <laughs> get it in another language. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, this afternoon we still have some of the talk. Um, are you staying after, maybe? Seeing if people need to ask you questions. And oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I will be, I'll be around. Uh, I'm gonna give a unconf. I don't know if you guys know. There's, yeah, uh, there's a little unconf uh, for 10 minutes, quick lightning talks. Uh, those are the ones that are not recorded. So anybody who's here actually can go uh, see those. Cool. Yeah, yeah. What, what uh, is, is a topic? Uh, it's just really crazy. So I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm very jet lagged, so I couldn't sleep last night. So I made a little demo of using Angular as a computational paradigm, where if you start thinking about component as function calls, you can do your classical uh, Fibonacci, eight queens, computational problems with Angular. You should <laughs> okay. not do that. It's a terrible idea, uh, but it makes for a really cool unconf talk. So. Yeah, nice. Cool. So, sorry for our viewers. Uh, this is the, the part where we have to be here. But. I would like to be jet lagged like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Well, thanks, Racco. Yep. I really appreciate it. All right. Go eat, go eat some lunch. Yeah, uh, I, need, I need to get some food. Yeah, yeah. see you. And we should, um, before we get a new desk, let, let's uh, let uh, Miko go once we uh, get a quick, quick hello. So yeah. Miko gave a talk, too, right? Yeah. Uh, w uh, what did you talk about? I talked about aspect range programming and how I can apply it in the context of Angular. Angular 2, both Angular 2 and Angular 1. That's cool. So it went well? Uh, yeah, it went, it went pretty well. I didn't have any live demos, live coding demos, so there was nothing that much to script. Uh, so I presented a new library I'm, I'm working on for aspect range programming called AspectJS. Basically, it allows you to apply the concepts of the aspect range programming in Angular 2 and in ECMAScript 2016 and uh, TypeScript. Yeah, it's cool. I, I, that's a category where I think uh, people don't necessarily haven't necessarily got into that as much yeah. yet. But it's, it, it can be really powerful. Yeah, I guess mostly guys with Java background who right will uh, adopt this pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. People that's true. want to pass to redemption. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the paradigm shift is high, kind of. Initially, in order to realize that this can actually be handy by by uh, separating the concerns in your applications further and um, making your code drier, but yeah, mm -hmm. after this, I guess this might get handy. Yeah, agree, agree. Cool. All right, man. Yeah. Go read, go read yeah. so much. Thank right. you very much for time. So next is Nick Van Vianden. Please
around and it maybe not, not yet. Um, we so, a couple others. Yeah, we can we can get uh, Jan to just walk in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, next you're here. Yeah. Yes. Oh, good. Come here. <laughs> so uh, Nick um, has been is uh, at Rungle.io and they've been sponsoring the conference. And um, yeah, can you introduce yourself, maybe? Uh, sure. Uh, where am I looking? I'm looking there. Yeah. <coughs> oh yeah. I see now. <laughs> I'm uh, Nick Van Wurdenberg. I'm the founder and CEO of Wrangle.io. We're an AngularJS development shop in Toronto, and uh, we've been very active in the Angular community for the last two and a half years. Angular was actually the reason the company was founded in the first place, because uh, of the excitement around building applications in a, a different manner. So we've been in business for two and a half years. Uh, we've been to all the major Angular conferences, and uh, Angular Connect's been awesome so far. Yeah. Um, so I thought that your official business was sponsoring conferences, but <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. We do write a little bit of code in between here and there. So nice. <laughs> um, I actually have about 45 Angular devs now in Toronto, and uh, a Lean UX design team and a QA department. So uh, we can pretty much build uh, lots of Angular stuff. Yeah, and you're doing um, cool stuff for the Angular community. Uh, we will have uh, Yuri and Igor uh, about better Angular. Yeah, so that was the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. that was really exciting. So uh, you know, we've been working with Angular for a couple of years, and we want to get more involved in the community and contribute back. So when the opportunity came to work on uh, the next generation Angular 2 dev tool, we uh, were very excited to do that. So we've yes. had a team of about three people working on that for the last six weeks or so, and uh, we're going to continue to sponsor that that project. It launched at Angular Connect, and um, so far feedback's been great, and uh, we're going to do a talk later today on it. Yeah. Well, just with uh, what you were saying about giving back to the community, I mean, I think it's something that I've talked with you about at previous conferences, and uh, I, I love that philosophy uh, for, uh, especially a consulting company, of that part of your responsibility is to give back to the community, because it does help you, obviously, as a company, um, but then the, the everybody else can um, benefit from a lot of the work that you've done for your clients. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's sharing. We learn from them, and they learn from us. Um, Toronto is actually a great community for a startup. Everyone's pretty open. Like, when I started Wrangle, uh, different people running companies in, in the uh, city were totally transparent with me. They shared what they were doing, and um, a lot of uh, co-opetition, I guess, you know, where people are really into sharing, and it makes the community stronger as a whole. So we learn a lot coming here, and we hope that we can contribute something back as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, how do you... Um, how do you finance a company like yourself if you're doing so much for the community as well? Um, just working really, really hard. So, <laughs> um, I started off doing the development, so I was the only developer, and uh, that was for the first few months. And then we just grown incrementally. We've not wanted to grow fast because we, culture is the most important thing in a development organization. And so we really wanted to find the right people. And since we were started as an Angular JavaScript shop, we've recruited people who are really passionate about JavaScript. We're, we're not a shop that used to do .NET that decided to do JavaScript. Everybody has joined us because we were, at our birth, a, a modern JavaScript shop. So, And that's uh, driven our growth. And uh, everything that we've done in terms of conferences is just extremely aligned with what we do as a company. So it's really not that big of a, a leap to uh, be involved. How long... Um... How old is the company? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. So yeah. started in, in May 2013. Yeah, you have really a lot of developers already, so it's growing fast. 
Yeah, Toronto is a really great tech community, so there's a lot of great talent to build a company. And obviously, Angular has been, you know, the community's been amazing and it's been growing. So, so I'm curious, since you've been to a lot of conferences this past uh, year, how do you see uh, how Angular Connect has gone uh, versus you know some of the other ones you've been to? Um, I mean, most of the conferences have been fantastic. I, I really enjoyed them all. Um, Angular Connect, I think, is, has been extremely well organized, uh, run very smoothly, especially for the size. And this is the very first conference I have ever been to where the Wi-Fi hasn't blacked out on me. Yeah, so yeah that's, that's, true. that's been that's amazing. So I right? agree with that. So. I know that. We actually right. finally gave up on having web forms, and we have offline forms at our booth. And this is the first conference we didn't actually need offline forms. <laughs> Um, there's someone here that we were at a conference from, and we borrowed his phone for two days for a hotspot in France, <laughs> so which was rather funny. He was nice enough to lend us his phone. Um, so this time we we were offline, but we didn't need it. So yeah, we're glad it works because Angular uh, is using yeah. the Wi-Fi. I mean, yeah, we didn't plan for the the other case. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been awkward. Yeah, yeah, so I mean that's a first. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Have you seen some of the tracks? Um, a few. Um, I tend to be more involved at the booth, talking with yeah. people. Keeping up on on some stuff, and then I watch the talks after. So. Yeah, I think a lot of us will do that because um, I've been sometimes sitting in the room and listening uh, with Alpha here and yeah, and just tweeting and talking to people. Yeah. And, yeah. Not yeah paying attention, except for Jeff's and Patrick. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the the one at two forty five today, the uh, battery cycle talk. That, that's yeah. going to be epic. So, <laughs> I'm going to that one. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do you get, do you have any questions, guys? Yeah, what's uh, Insights coupon battery angle? Can you say anything right now, or is it all like we'll have you react the end. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it's actually it's already up on uh, on GitHub. You can go look at it yourself. Um, we have a Wrangle IO slash Batterangle, which has a, just a brief intro. Um, it's a developer preview now, so we've been working on it for a couple of months. And uh, you know, there's a few philosophies uh, behind it that you know, we discussed with uh, the Google team to make sure that you know we were aligned with what they were interested in. And then the one thing is really to give a better sense of the application behavior. So not really a low-level tool that just you know you have to hop into the console and mm -hmm. dig around, but something that really lets you understand application. So mm -hmm. the component tree, being able to understand the structure of the application, and being able to understand the behavior of the application. So as we get deeper into it, getting more into the events and uh, the things that are happening, the state. And then uh, one of the interesting things is going to be that with Angular 2, there's really you know, two separate ways of architecting your, your service layer. You can go with event streams and a reactive model, which is relatively new, or you can go with the more classic state-based MVC. And so uh, from a, a DevTool perspective, that's going to be interesting because we're going to have to identify the strategy, hopefully you know, automatically identify the strategy that an application is using and then provide the support to understand that, whether you know, it's, it's uh, sort of RxJS or if it was Redux or if it's with a classic state-based uh, MVC. Um, the other thing is really that we want to get into the user experience because I honestly think that probably you know, most people just know a small sliver of Chrome DevTools because it's so dense and complicated. Yeah. You know, we want something that's going to be really doing, you know, what, what does the user want to do? What's the job to be done? Mm -hmm. And uh, when you start building an application, to be able to bring up Batterangle and know exactly what's going on in the application and interact with it in a very, you know, without having to train or learn or, or read tutorials or guess what you need to click. 
and uh, and continue to expand it out so it becomes a really important active part of the whole developer's workflow without needing to really you know study and read a, a tutorial on it. So uh, you mentioned like you talked with the, uh, the Google team or uh, Angular team, right? Um, did you see like any of their integrations for the, the web tracing framework or do you think you could or is there any like type of integrations with um, uh, Louder Angle? That you can, oh, Louder? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So um, the Angular team uh, recently made integrations with the web tracing framework, mm -hmm. also known as the web uh, WTF. <laughs> So like, <laughs> okay, perfect. That's yeah. A great so like, tool. have you um, like worked with them on that, or like found ways to integrate that with Better Angle? Or... That that would probably be something down the road. So right now, the the big initial effort was to get the architecture in place. So Better Angle is an Angular two application that runs and can be embedded as a pane. Then we have a sort of middle wall, a middle sort of where layer to work through the you know the dev tools and, and get injected into the actual running application. And mediate that, and ultimately we want to get it to the point where you can work in the Angular 2 sort of code base at a level of a you know high level of abstraction and add features and develop, and have that plumbing sort of be hidden, and then in the future you know look into integrating with other dev tools and other things because there's you know so much new stuff coming out. There might be a like a, for instance you're using ArcGIS maybe the, a really dedicated tool for that, uh, something for uh, Meteor, uh, something for Redux. Uh, rather than you know building that all out, there could be interesting you know integration. So, but yeah, that's uh, we're we're developer preview yet. So that would be something that we'd be looking at probably a few months down the road. I think what's what's really going to be interesting is um, integration with Better Angle and the new animation API. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone uh, seen it. Uh, if you haven't, you should really see it. But essentially, you're able to control your animations with a slider. Yeah. So imagine the same thing inside of Better Angle, where you're able to control the animation, not just animation, but the the whole application state. Yeah. at the same time, so like you're able to say a click animation, and then something happens, you're able to control like exactly what happens in every single frame. Like being able to see that, I think would be um, pretty awesome and yeah. uh, better angle. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of really interesting things because when you have that sort of ability to reason about an application, right? So when you go to Angular 2 and component-based uh, framework and a better control of state. Um, there's things like Redux, where you, there was a, a great talk on Redux and time travel. So you could almost, if you're using Redux in an application, that's where the different strategies come into play. Uh, possibly even have like time travel, so that you can not just yeah. you know scale your animation with a slider, but you can move through your, your application. Yeah, the whole application, yeah. uh, frame by frame, as well as with the, the state and animation. So like that's like something that no other framework or something can touch, um, because they don't have like the ng animate uh, library. Yeah. So. so that would be really exciting. Cool. Uh, so I heard that you have a contest at your at your stand. Yes. Uh, so people uh, who are at Angular Connect and watching this in the track one, maybe if it works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us maybe about it? Sure. So we have two. Uh, one is a, a giveaway for an Apple Watch. Yeah. So uh, people ah, can come in. Uh, we scan your badge. You're entered. <laughs> sure. Have you have you been scanned? Oh. No. All right. <laughs> Done. 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 <laughs> Everyone likes it. There you go. <laughs> all right, you're all entered. Okay. So. Get my badge. Kids uh, uh, <laughs> uh, like. Uh. All right. I think that was a record. That was four people in about six seconds. So. Uh, 
Yeah, and then we also have a webinar that we're, uh, we have for registration on October the 28th, I think. Yeah. And it's about uh, agile best practices for modern web applications, single-page apps. Because when you have a REST API, that really makes for some interesting conversations between the back-end team and the front-end team about when something's done, how you're going to slice your application. Um, there's been a strong move away from full-stack development because of the, you know, the API is mediating the back-end and the front-end but now you have to collaborate. So we talked about some of the things that we've learned over the last uh, couple of years uh, working with a whole bunch of teams. And it's free. And it's free, yes. Okay. We'll give the link uh, in, in the description of the Angular. Yeah. Um, we also have a, uh, we've been working hard on an Angular 1 uh, um, transition architecture. I know there, that's been a big topic of discussion here, and there's lots of great things coming out. What we've done is we've tried to push Angular 1 as close to Angular 2 as possible. So our last five or six projects we've kicked off, we're using TypeScript, we're using directives, you know, uh, turned into more of a you know, Angular 2-ish component model. Um, we've been using uh, RxJS in a lot of projects. So we're doing, you know, a lot of things with uh, Angular 1 that will be very close to where, you know, people want to go with Angular 2 as well. And we have a uh, online course for that, which is, we actually charge for that one. But, okay. Um, that's just, uh, we were going to run the second, uh, you know, second go of that in a month or so. Okay, cool. Thank you. Well... Thanks a lot for coming right. by. Thank you. Appreciate Enjoy it. Enjoy the conference. Yeah, Thank, you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We should do, uh, before we, as, as she's coming over, we yeah. should do some uh, flybys at some point. Of, uh, we're not going to be able to interview everybody in the room, but there's a lot of people that uh, are speakers or whatever else mm -hmm. that uh, just to say that. All right. All right. Have, have a good one. Well, sir. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Did I do all right? Yeah, all right. very well. Thanks. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, so this is Jen Burry. Hello. Did I say your name right? Burry. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm training it to be a scant. Um, so <laughs> it's always... Yeah. <laughs> always I'm uh, always I'm, people's names. <laughs> yeah, with the names. Um, so you've been talking about um, iterative versions upgrades mm -hmm. for large Angular applications. Yeah. And it was actually one of the favorites of... Um, uh, who was it? At the beginning, I don't remember. Uh, uh, Rado. It, it was oh, Rado who talked yeah, about okay. it. Yeah, he said he, he really liked it. Oh, great. It. I'm really glad. <laughs> so can you tell, tell us more about you and what you do? And sure. Absolutely. Um, so I work for Google in Seattle, and I work specifically on the cloud platform. So my team does JavaScript infrastructure, and that includes things like setting up Angular and managing Angular versions and uh, writing common UI components for the site that hosts um, most of the like web console for cloud. Um, so I came to the conference specifically to talk about how if you have a really big Angular application that's already in production, you can actually take advantage of the new cool features that everybody's talking about. So someone should uh, watch Getting Started in Angular 2 and then uh, they should maybe watch your talk. Yeah, um, my talk wasn't really specific to Angular 2 or any one technology. It was trying to talk more about um, the general principles of how you write something that can be updated later. So, you know, talk about um, adopting public APIs and writing lots of tests and making sure that you have good test coverage and then how you can approach an upgrade iteratively so it's not all one commit. Cool. That's good. So is it something that you guys... Uh, have started the process of upgrading to Angular 2 then, or is it just like you are preparing your app? 
to do that at some point in the future? Yeah, um, so we've used the strategies that I talked about to do Angular versions in the past. Um, so just, you know, minor version upgrades. Um, this is something that we will use for Angular 2. Um, you know, I think that we're going to wait until Angular is, you know, a little, Angular 2 is a little further down the line before we do an update. Um, we want the APIs to be completely consistent before we start migrating our code over. But, you know, we're definitely experimenting with it already. Um, we'll use these procedures for the Angular router update as well when the new component router is completely available, and that's something that I did demo during my talk. Okay. Are you working close to um, uh, the, the other team at Google who are upgrading their applications? Yes, um, and I actually really owe Brian for all his help during my talk getting the uh, component router update working. Cool. Um, so uh, they talked in I don't know which which track um, about uh, some big teams. Oh, maybe it was at um, keynote. Some big teams at uh, Google upgrading. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you can tell us about it a bit if you know. Um, um, I don't really know what all is being done outside of my team. Okay. So. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. yeah it's a, but that's a good question, though. Is mm -hmm. uh, do you guys? How much do you coordinate with the other teams that are obviously somewhat in the same boat? So, like, how much do you share your, your the practice that you guys are doing, and then likewise, kind of see what other everybody else is doing um, to internalize it? Yeah, um, it depends. Some of us are actually working on different tech stacks. So some of the teams at Google are working with Dart, and we're working with AngularJS. Mm -hmm. So you know, there are things that um, we can't always share directly, um, but we do talk to other teams, and the core Angular team has also been really great about facilitating that interaction and helping us share best practices. Do they usually, just uh, a side curious thing, do they... Uh... Do they usually like encourage you like uh, to try to use Dart like at, at some level internally, or <laughs> or, or is, it, is it just totally up to the team? No, we we haven't been pressured to use Dart. I, I okay. Think the yeah, I'm just curious. I, I have no great idea. Great about supporting us. Is why yeah. I have a Dart badge. You're like, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. So what kind of so we see like this movement of uh, component architecture now? Like what approach? Presumably, like you said, that you switched to the the component router. Um, We're planning to once it's released. It's not available. So, like, yeah. what, so does that mean you're moving towards a like directive approach, or you still use controllers, or like, what kind of like architecture does your application? Use? Uh, we use controllers now. We're using Google Closure, um, so that's kind of how our code is structured. Um, there are some teams that are starting to work with ES5 more. We're definitely looking forward to uh, working more with TypeScript at mm -hmm. some point. Um, and, and part of the reason that we're trying to adopt the component router isn't even necessarily for the update and coding style. I mean, that's nice, and I think it'll make our code more uh, readable, but there are a lot of really cool features there, like nested and parallel routing. Um, and I think that that will make our applications easier to design and more performant. So I'm super excited about those features. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have um, a tutorial, or working on a tutorial for this upgrade? Or maybe, you know, uh, doing an application with different states of upgrading? Yeah, so all the demos that I did during my talk yesterday are actually up on GitHub. Yeah. So there's like the starting point, and there's instructions, and then there's separate branches for each of the updates. Yeah, um, cool. So people can play with that. And then, you know, I, I think as Angular 2 gets further down the line, hopefully there will be some good examples for that. Nice. And um, uh, I don't know if you worked on this, um, this module to integrate Angular 1 modules with Angular 2? The ng-upgrade? Yeah, the ng-upgrade. 
Um, we are not working on it specifically, but we will definitely be helping test it. Okay. Do you think uh, people should upgrade their app, uh, one, uh, well, their whole app, or maybe they can use some of the parts uh, using this mm -hmm. uh, this module? Yeah, I think that ng upgrade is absolutely a great okay. migration path. Um, the 1.5 talk had some really great information about upgrading to Angular yeah, 2. Uh, by Pete, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was terrific. I really enjoyed that one. Cool. Well, um, do you guys have any questions? Mm. Comment. Comment. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> yeah. to your talk for sure. I, I was one of the ones. It, one of the things weird is when you do speak, it's it's tough to watch everybody else's. Yes. Talk. Yeah, I really like missed you're, a you're lot of good sessions. You're preparing for your own, yesterday. and then whatever. And so, like for sure, I, I'm really interested to see yours because I'm yeah, in the same boat that I have a huge mm -hmm. application that I'm in the process of starting to uh, think about mm -hmm. migrating and all that type of stuff. So it's always interesting to see what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I've talked to a number of other teams at this conference that also don't really use branches, and I think if you're not using something like Git branches, it's a little hard to manage those upgrades sometimes if you don't want to pull everything together in one pull request. So, mm. um, you know, that's something that we specifically talked about in the presentation. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. So, uh, we're going to... Actually... Well, while we're getting uh, going, I think people are probably curious about uh, Jeff and Pete's um, little wager that they had. So who won that? <laughs> yeah, well, so I don't want to, like, rub it in here or anything like that. But uh, it was standing room only in, in track two with uh, people kind of overflowing. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure we handedly won that battle. <laughs> yeah. But, that's Congratulations. Um, condolences to Pete. Well, talk was great. I, I watched it later. It's uh, <laughs> it, it was definitely good. Yeah. How can you... Yeah, he was alone, and you were too. That's true. That, that's exactly why it was. It, actually, it wasn't even... It was because of Patrick. Like, yeah. I, everybody knows of Patrick J.S. So yeah. did, you, did you get double the number of uh, people then? Uh, if you were two people and he was just alone? That's true. I, <laughs> I think oh, it was about them. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you were demoing well. with one... Yeah. Yeah. Live demo. Yeah. yeah. That's so what cool. you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have nothing props. Uh, Sorry to derail us for a second, uh, but I just remembered that I thought that was an really important part of our show today. <laughs> yes. I agree, it was important. <laughs> right. So uh, Alex should be around. Uh, maybe he's coming. Uh, okay. Joining us a couple of minutes later. Um. So yeah, um, Martin, you, your talk was this morning. Um, yes. Can you tell us about you and about the talk, how it went? So uh, I, uh, I'm Martin, I work at Google. Uh, I'm on the Angular core team. And uh, Alex and I are sort of the, the TypeScript buffs. Uh, so we, we uh, worked on porting Angular itself. It was originally not written in TypeScript, so we worked on porting into TypeScript. We built all the tooling, and we're working with the Microsoft folks to make sure the TypeScript with Angular works well for, for our users. Uh, so that's a that's a very important thing uh, for us to have it easy have, have it easy to get started and this kind of stuff. Uh, I think our talk was a total disaster. No, <laughs> no, I think I think it went well. Actually, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, the room was packed. The room was packed, and uh, our demo worked, much to our surprise. Uh, <laughs> and and then the demo that was supposed to fail also failed properly, so that was good too. Uh, so that I was did have one problem with your presentation. Yes. Uh, did you happen to see Patrick or my presentation? Uh, I did not. I it was, was uh, fine. Yeah. But. 
your visualization that you used in the beginning directly conflicted with with, with ours. It was just kind of funny oh, to yeah. watch it. So so we had this whole thing of uh, using a hammer for everything. And there's yes. a nail. Oh. And then you did the visualization <laughs> of never use a hammer for everything. <laughs> you got to have a tool, a set of tools, and like you said, it was very very funny. To... Yes, these guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, that was, that was, uh, that was purely into yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it was great. I I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, uh, we, we sort of like how we do this is we first come up with a set of really cheesy jokes and then we build a, build a talk around it. Right? Okay. And so, so we came up with this really cheesy joke of the, the shovel and the giant excavator and and then we just had to come up with a topic that matches the, the joke. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, so were you working on that script before that script? Uh, I took over ad script. Um, I did not originally build it. Uh, when, when Mishko told me he was going to do ad script, I said, Mish Mishko, you're, you're batshit crazy. Um, <laughs> but then again, the thing with Mishko is he is batshit crazy, but he's actually right. right? So yeah. he's, he's doing all these things where you're like, you're insane. This will never work. And then he pulls it off. And right. so, so he did. So this time, too. Um, so I touched a bit of the ad script stuff, but I mostly was busy in the migration. Yeah, and you're working in relationship with uh, Microsoft? Yes. Yeah, we've, we actually just a couple of weeks ago, we were in Seattle. And uh, so we, we talk about um, things that we, we would like to have, like, you know, for example, the easier bundling of D.TS files uh, that you just npm install uh, Angular and it just works. That is something that I think Microsoft had planned, but we worked together with them to uh, to say, hey, this is how we would like it to have it. And so it's a, it's a very good relationship. Really like I, the folks I have a feature request. Yeah, we demo it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, so, you demoed our feature request? Yeah. How's oh, it still a request? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, my friend created this um, really cool module called TS Node, basically uh -huh. allowing you to compile on the fly your. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, like, that would be amazing uh, if that was built into TypeScript. Yes. So, yes. Because, like, for a it demo, would. it was great. So. You just do TS node, and then the server, and everything just works. There's actually, um, that's an interesting question, right? So should you just have a node, like a TypeScript version of node that just automatically wraps everything and then does it? And I think it's good, right? I think it's good for, for a particular if you're working with node. Um, but I, on the other hand, what we found is that it is also actually not too bad to generate files on disk because they, they can be very useful as a sanity check, right? So yes. something doesn't work, and you're like, there's this tendency of saying, oh, it's the compiler's fault, which is never true. But, uh, you know, occasionally <laughs> you just want to double check, like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. yeah. But, like, you could still do that, right? Like, yes, you could. You could. Run yeah. TS, you know, get the compiled version and look at it. Yeah. This is this is more or less, I guess, for, like... Yeah, I think both modes are valuable. Yeah, both yeah. modes are good. Um, so, yeah, my feature request is, uh, when you're writing a library for Angular 2, uh, you have to import the TypeScript definitions of Angular, mm -hmm. and then when you when you build your application with this library and Angular, you get all kinds of uh, duplicate um, yes. things in the computer. Sure. So, uh, yeah, so the, the way how you're supposed to do that is if you write your code, then um, Angular 2, you should not compile Angular 2 into your code, right? And so, so Angular 2 would just be a library that you use as a d.ts file, which is how it works if you install using Node. And then your code, again, in turn, produces a d.ts file for your library, like myfancybutton.d.ts, and that code should just reference Angular, but it should not include Angular, right? So that code just should just mm -hmm. say, well, I'm importing Angular 2 slash Angular 2, I'm taking whatever the, the injector out of it, uh, and using those types, but it should not actually include all of the Angular types. And then it should also work without the duplicated uh, definitions. But it's all of these things are still a bit tricky to set up. We realize that, and we'll, we'll be working on that to make it much so easier. You were, I think it was you guys that were working on uh, specifically the changes of the packaging of the Angular 2 yes. library to include the TypeScript uh, definition. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because it used to be outside 
Yes, this yeah. is where I'm, I'm panicking, looking around for Alex. He did most of that work. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, essentially, at some point, we had a system where we would uh, concatenate all the D.TS files together yes. into one big file, and then we started building custom tooling. We have a tool called DGenny, and we built some, something into that to, to do these things. And, um, and that was because at the time, TypeScript didn't have the features that we needed for that. And so TypeScript 1.6, I think, added that. Yes. Or, um, and so at that point, we were able to just generate one D.TS file per file and ship them together with our everything, and then TypeScript actually picks it up properly. Okay. So at that point, we just retired the old system and went with the new thing. Because oh, so that's after 1.6? Yes. Okay. Does that mean you fly over to Seattle like every month and be like, <laughs> I want these features? Uh, make a big hammer. Yeah. It's, uh, no, we actually take a giant excavator. Um, but <laughs> we drive the excavator over there. No. Uh, yeah, we actually we're, we're there on a regular basis. So like every maybe more like every two months. But uh, yeah, we have a good relationship. Nice. Yeah, it's, I think it's definitely great. Uh, it, I mean, for sure, I think probably everyone agrees that moving from AppScript to TypeScript was like a great yeah, idea, yeah. just because, mm -hmm. just combining the communities. Besides the fact that TypeScript already had like some momentum and there was like overlap in, in functionality, like now you have kind of everybody kind of focused on the same yes. goal rather than kind of competing. And we, so the Angular team never wanted to own a language, right? We never wanted to own a language. We didn't want to invent a language. Uh, what we did with AppScript was just we needed these features, right? We, right. we just said, okay, we, we can't build the kind of framework that we want to build. We can't build the kind of uh, convenience and, and declarative uh, expressiveness that we want to achieve without these language features. And so we just had to, to do something. We built AppScript as a stopgap solution. And it was actually very interesting also to use it as a prototyping tool. Mm. Where we could coach the TypeScript guys, say, "Hey, we we tried these things, and they were well for us. And uh, and how can we make this work?" Mm. And then the Microsoft team actually picked it up, said, "Okay, we'll write a spec for it. We'll we'll figure out. We work with the other stakeholders, with Ember, um, to come up with the spec that works for everybody." So I think that was uh, a best case, actually, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's cool. So, so I have a question. So for people who are starting with it, mm -hmm. um, what would you recommend? Like, where can they read information about how to start or Alex. how to yeah. set up their projects, things like that? Uh, that's a good question for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll answer that. What was the question? <laughs> for people who get started, like, what should they read? Where should they find information about how to get their project started yeah. or get started with TypeScript? And what do they need to know? What do they need to consider oh, in, when in, they start writing an Angular project? So, okay, so um, the first thing to do is probably grab one of our quick starts. Mm -hmm. So if you go to angular.io, uh, just as of the conference, we've updated that mm -hmm. to, to work with the latest version. Um, and uh, the Tour of Heroes app that we've been going through in the demos mm -hmm. uh, has, has a, a good setup of the directory structure for how to lay out, how lay out the application and also how to get the tool chain working so that you have the compilation and how to load the app in the browser. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good place to start. And we also promised in the Ask Me Anything session, we promised uh, to publish a cleaned up gulp file that, you know, that's a, that's a good way to start with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, so Alex, um, since you're late. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can you present yourself? Yes. So my name is Alex Eagle, and uh, I work on the Angular team in California. And uh, I've been primarily working on uh, TypeScript tooling, both for the Angular team and obviously for all the users here at the conference. Uh, every time I hear your name, I think about this show uh, named Scraps, where so John Doyan uh, shoots Eagle, and yeah. Oh, well, that sounds funny. <laughs> I haven't seen it. You don't yeah, have, you should. You didn't see Scraps? Uh, I think I might have seen a little bit once. Uh, they were Scraps the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Sorry, this has nothing to do with your topic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't, a, I can't, can't contribute much there. Yeah. Uh, there was a question earlier that was about that for Alex. Um, oh, the, the, the bundling work, the, um, how we went from uh, having our own hacked up process to produce one D.TS file to shipping mm. the individual D.TS files? Yes. Uh, so um, so there, is, there is no uh, solution from Microsoft yet for bundling either your runtime code or your type definitions. Um, so there are a couple of projects out there that allow you to create these bundles. The main reason to create them is because the, the mechanism for distributing your typings has always been this definitely typed repository. Uh, and definitely typed came about to solve the problem of libraries that are written in JavaScript and don't have a way to provide their typings. So you need this side channel uh, where the typings can be independently published by a third party, some contributor, because the people on the core project haven't bought into TypeScript and don't have enough users using TypeScript for it to be worth their time to generate these typings. Um, so uh, we were doing that for a while, and we had our own kludge together uh, generator for the bundled DTS file. Um, the, uh, and, and it was hard to maintain. It was based on a documentation tool, actually. So everything that you see on angular.io, we were using to generate this DTS file. Um, but thankfully, in TypeScript 1.6, uh, one of the features they added was to be able to load the type definitions at design time the same way that you would load the, uh, the implementation at runtime. So for node modules, at least, they know how to find the definition files inside of your node modules directory. Um, so uh, I spent a couple weeks cleaning up the Angular code base so that it was possible yeah, for us for commits. Yes, yes. Um, we, we had accidentally turned off our type checking for one of our outputs, so I got to start by you know just fixing type errors. Don't, don't do that at home, kids. It's, it's, it's funny on a project like Angular how only after a couple of weeks of not running a type checker over us, and it was only over a subset of the code that we started introducing real bugs the type checker would have caught, and so I was able to fix those when I turned it back on. Um, so once we got to the point where those DTS files, uh, we had to get rid of things like the triple slash references um, and a couple of other cleanups, and... Uh, and also take out some of the magic that we had added inside of our documentation tool to do things like hiding APIs that users shouldn't use. Um, so once that was all cleaned up, then the, the generated DTS files that come out of the TypeScript compiler are exactly the thing that users need to, to, to use at design time. So now we can just publish them along with the JS files. Cool. And do you have anything planned to ease the process maybe a bit more uh, for developers? Um, you mean the Angular code base or for users? I don't know. <laughs> so next steps. Well, so one next step is that um, I've talked to the maintainer of TSD, yeah. uh, which is the tool that you use to fetch typings from Definitely Typed, and he's working on um, some changes to to take advantage of this the new stuff in TypeScript 1.6. Uh, and we mostly agree that um, we want for uh, for libraries that are written in TypeScript, they should just distribute their typings this way. Um, there's another issue, which is we need to, the, the Microsoft team is working out how to properly namespace the typings. So right now, any typing that you provide to the compiler is, is global. And so if Angular depends on the typing, and then you want to bring in that same typing, perhaps at a different version, then you'll get conflicts. Yeah. Uh, so they're working on the right way to do package scoping of the typings files, so that uh, in the same way that, that, that uh, Node uh, resolves the, the, um, the, the modules under your Node modules, and it's OK to have conflicting versions as long as uh, they're under separate trees. They would be able to resolve the same way in the in the typing. Yeah, you have this problem with uh, Eric's. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That can yes. happen. The the thing, however, what's kind of interesting to note there is this is super useful if you write a server side application, right? If you just write a node application, you want that. If you write a client side application, you probably do not want five copies of Angular, right? So you would rather not have that. And so for that, I think we're we're not quite there yet. Um, uh, I think npm three 
where like the future NPMs uh, want to get better at that and sort of like deduplicate your uh, your dependency tree, uh, but that's still pending essentially. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks a lot for thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for your share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um. So we're gonna Joe things. Hey, no, sorry. Sure. No problem. Sure. So Joe Hames was um, uh, talking about how to listen and <coughs> empathize with uh, others in the workspace. Mm -hmm. So this was not a technical track. So yeah. what if you don't like and listening, Joe? Frantically <laughs> waving at you. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> So yeah, can you tell us about you because you're really uh, involved into the community and I think it's interesting and uh, also about your, your talk. Um, yeah, so it was actually kind of interesting because I really wanted to uh, come and speak at the conference so I submitted like eight or ten talk <laughs> abstracts. I mean I really, really dug them all out and I was quite surprised. I, I think I submitted two different soft skills talks. So I was surprised to find out that they wanted, they chose one of my soft skills talks uh, for the conference. But I was also very pleased. I've actually never given a soft skills talk before, at least at a technical conference. So it was actually really nice and something I'm very interested and passionate about. So I spent lots of time, fun time, enjoyable time for me preparing and putting this talk together. And it was uh, it was quite fun to to do. And again, a very different kind of talk, a lot more serious than uh, most talks that I give, but it was mostly me rambling for 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I had a good time. Talk, uh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for, for Amy's. <laughs> 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 Better live up to expectations, Amy. I know, I know. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> so um, that was how the talk came to be. Uh, what else did you ask me uh, uh, to talk about? Talk about yourself. Oh, um, so let's see. <laughs> What do you do? Where do you work? Uh, I work for myself. I am a freelance author, mostly for Pluralsight.com. Yeah. Um, I do a little bit of I do videos for them, and uh, that's my main source of income is doing videos for them. Then uh, I'm also a conference organizer. So the big one is NGConf. I'm one of yeah. the organizers for NGConf. I, I think we heard about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You may or may not have heard about NGConf. Um, and so I do. That's, that takes up a lot of time as well. And then I also organize a WordPress uh, and Angular combo conference, which was NG Vegas this last year. And um, where will it be? Uh, this year, it's looking like it's going to be on the East Coast somewhere. Yeah. Will you rename it? Yeah. <laughs> We're not, Vegas in New York. Yeah, NG Vegas, New, New York edition. Uh, we're not sure we're going to have the Angular portion of it this year. There's a lot of big Angular events, and uh, mm -hmm. the Angular team, you know, they go to the two big events, and that's kind of what they do. So um, there's other people that are running smaller Angular events, and uh, I don't know. It's a lot more fun to sink my passion into NGConf. Uh, NGVGS was uh, sold out really quickly, I think. Uh, it didn't sell out, but no, no. So it wasn't anywhere near what we get with NG with NG uh, Conf at all. But yeah, it fun, so. NG Conf. <laughs> but it was a it was a fun conference. I really I, I enjoyed being there. But there are there are tons and tons and tons of tons of work. There's yeah, so much work yeah. for um, only uh, emotional reward. <laughs> so uh, got to be careful on what I spend time doing. 
but that's uh, that's mostly what I do. And then um, I'm contributing some documentation for Angular 2 and do other things. I do a lot of speaking. And, so uh, you're the one we are waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, pretty darn close to the truth. Yeah, John Pop has been pumping it out, but there's a lot of other people that they've asked to contribute documentation, and I think a lot of us are taking a lot of time just because, you know, it's a very side distraction type of item. So, so can you tell us a little bit more about your talk, though? Yeah, so uh, I talked about empathy and listening to coworkers at work, and really the talk sort of spanned, uh, spun out of uh, the last three years. I've done a lot of work with empathy um, and listening and study of that uh, you know, and I think that everybody sort of feels like, oh, you know, I really care about listening and at work, and I certainly felt that way. Like, uh, I really want to be a good listener and mm -hmm. uh, be the kind of person that people like to be around. But actually, understanding truly what empathy is is something that I really only started doing about three years ago, and so I've made a big study of empathy um, since then. And uh, I was it's just a thing that I'm passionate about and, and listening, and most of that actually centered around my marriage. Right, that's the place where listening is most frequently um, of value. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree. as much as uh, it seems like at work, you know, we're, we should be listening all the time, and we do. But man, when you get home, it's time to really turn on the the ears and shut off the mouth. Do you have kids? Yeah, I got four kids. Yeah. But I do you think it's a really interesting topic because not everybody's different, but I think. Most of the time, when you're programming, you're into tech, you, you're of the mindset where you get locked into things like you focus on what you're trying to achieve, and it's tough to transition to like when you're at home talking to the family, or even if you're at work and you you need to like actually communicate with right. your other uh, coworkers. Sometimes it's just tough to get out of your current mindset, and that can cause problems. You know? Right. Yeah. There's so many times when we're uh, like to take your example at work. We're at work. It's a very almost surgical environment, we're communicating back and forth, and so long as we have decent communication patterns with other people, things just seem to go okay, but I mean, I, can, I can't even count the number of times when something emotional has happened to somebody at work, mm -hmm. and then it's, you gotta completely switch gears, and I don't, it really, it shouldn't be completely switch gears, it's, you should always be in the mode if you're, and I, I'm certainly not this, but ready to listen to other people, but it's so, we get out of that uh, habit, and man, I can't count the number of times that Something bad has happened to somebody at work, whether they're upset about something, angry about something, something sometimes things that I've done, mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes things that somebody else has done, and they come to you for an ear, and uh, the ability to have that connection. I mean, you're with these people so often that you're going to see their ups, their highs, and their lows, mm -hmm. and sometimes they're going to come in at work, and they're going to be downcast, and you may or may not notice, and if you can, if you do notice, if you are aware and notice, and can talk to somebody that can really... Uh, help them out as a person, help you out as a person, strengthen the relationship, help your company out as a company because it increases people's productivity. So it's definitely the kind of topic that can help everybody. But, um, you know, I talked a lot in my talk about the benefits to companies and stuff, but at the end, I really believe and made this talk just because it's one of those things that makes life better for everybody, mm -hmm. right? so, regardless of work. So when they killed controllers, were you like, <laughs> <laughs> were like, it's okay, guys? Yeah, they came to me. I was the counselor. Everybody come in. Let's have a session. <laughs> but, but I think it works on multiple levels because uh, you're, you're talking about just your own empathy for when other listening to other people. But I think another level of that is teaching other people to also empathize, right. like especially when you, you're a manager of a team or have some level of, of control. I, I've always found, especially with junior devs, that they kind of have a hard problem with that and kind of teaching that 
uh, helps them in their careers. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of those topics I think that's like personal finance and economics that should be key that everybody should really learn when you're a teenager and learn to do well, so, and we don't. Yep. You know, and some people stumble upon it as they go to older in life, and a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. I know a I lot of people. Face, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Teaching you how just how to live. Yeah. 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 Like. Actually, sorry to interrupt you. We actually did that, but okay. that was in my arts BA. Oh really? And we do oh. that. It's called active listening. Oh yeah. And it really teaches you about like listening to the other, but also to like to follow and to come up with like active questions. Mm -hmm. so it's not just like this passive. You're telling me I'm just this wall, but it's it's yeah. And that's that was very helpful for me because. I think what happens is that people take listening and interacting with each other for granted in a way. Mm -hmm. Like you take it as it comes. Right. So you don't think that, that maybe that's something that you can improve in or, or that there are techniques to become better at it. Right. And for me, it was only when I had this course that I realized, okay, so actually there is something about that. There is something about like to learn about that and how you can deal with that better. Mm -hmm. yeah. Transits users too, using the app. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. Kelly, we were talking about it there. Yeah. Because as developers, we are like, no, you need to use it this way. Yeah. It should work this way. Right. But yeah. yeah. In my research, I encountered a lot of uh, academic research about uh, organizational empathy for customers and clients, right? And the organizations. Uh, what company is it? Is it Amazon? They have a tradition where they have at meetings, they have an empty chair. Okay. You guys heard of this? No. Uh, no. It's one of the one of the big tech companies and. Like in all their meetings, they have an empty chair, and the empty chair represents the customer. Oh. And so you're supposed mm -hmm. to, you know, always be aware of the empty chair, and there's a customer sitting there. We find they put a little cardboard cutout. Or yeah. Some <laughs> yeah. yeah. They can use my face. There's the empty chair. That's our listener right there, saying, "Oh, you guys are boring the heck out of me." <laughs> we share now, so that's cool. Anyway. Right. anyway. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. Others. Thanks a lot, Joe. Really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank yep. you. Uh, I'm definitely going to watch the talk now. Good, good. Yeah. Before he wasn't <laughs> going to, <laughs> now he's talking. He's sold it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the video at the end, you don't, like, if you, it's actually fun to watch that video before you watch my talk, and then watch my talk and watch it again. Okay. Because it's an entirely different video. Of course, <laughs> how to do that would be tough, but if you could scroll to the end of the talk and do it. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have our last speaker of the time ready. Um, we also have Brad here. Maybe we can ask yeah. him. Oh, you can take the customer. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> we have Brad. How's it going? Good. So, um, yeah, Hello. we have uh, Yuri Good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, Higo Kivana. Yep, that's right. Uh, so, your boss from Rangal.io. Yep. Um, yep. We talked about uh, with Nick uh, earlier. And so he told us uh, a bit about better angle, but mm -hmm. that's what you will be talking about this afternoon. Yes, that's right. So can you tell us about yourself and then about your talk? Well, they should just give the talk. Here. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you can spoil a bit. So I guess uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm Yuri. I've been with Rengaleo pretty much almost from the beginning. So it's a little over two years now. We actually a fairly young company, but we've grown quite a bit and established ourselves, I would say, in the last uh, two years. Uh, before that, I was teaching at the University of Toronto, and before that, I was working earlier than that. I was working in software industry, and I'm I'm the CEO now. 
Um, so again, my name is Igor. I've been with Wrangle for a little bit shorter than Yuri, uh, about half a year. Um, but I'm one of the engineers in the company. I worked on Batarangle and I do training and consulting and things like that, basically. So what is Batarangle? So I mean, it's a fairly new project. Uh, we got contacted by by Brad in uh, around August, where he suggested that well, that they were looking for partners to to work on tools, uh, because I guess they they wanted someone who would really sort of would be able to put more effort and kind of dedicated attention. And uh, we really got excited about this opportunity because we've we've wanted to contribute. I mean, we. Our whole, like, well, everything we do is based on open source, and we kind of contributed here and there, but we want, we're looking for kind of a place to actually make a bigger contribution, so that seems like a, like a great opportunity. So, I mean, it's a still a fairly new project. I mean, we've got started really working, like, in, in full on it in September, uh, but we've got some, you know, decent amount of progress, so at that point, it's definitely, we have something to show. We'll have a, cool. a demo at the our talk today, and uh, I mean, but at the end of the day, what, what it is, is it's like Batarang, but for uh, for Angular 2. Right? Except for me, we're trying to also at this point take take in lessons learned from other tools, right? Because I mean, there's obviously other frameworks have their own tools, and so we we looked at uh, a bunch of them and looking kind of what features to incorporate. And also, what we really want to do is to really make it a community project, so that what features it's going to have is really going to be based on what features people need, and kind of rather than us trying to make a guess about what need, we're hoping that there's going to be more input from the community down the line. Can people contribute to the project? Yes, and we've, in fact, what we've done, what we've tried to do in our sort of early phase of the project is really uh, establish a foundation and kind of from the very beginning think of like how do we set up something that's going to be really easy for other people to, to join, right? So in particular, there is a little bit of kind of tricky stuff to do when it comes to actually establishing a communication channel between, um, so I mean, the, like a, a dev tool inside Google, like a particular dev tool like that angle inside Google development tool is really, at the end of the day, just a JavaScript application. Right? In this case, it's an Angular 2 application. right? And then it talks to the application that is being inspected. So we've put a lot of effort in setting up that communication. And where we're hoping the community could really come in is, I mean, like, the, the actual tool you see, however, is just an Angular 2 application. So, I mean, if you know how to do Angular 2, you could jump in and start hacking and change the way things are displaying and displaying and all of that. So, it's Angular 2 and you're watching Angular 2. Yes. That's cool. right. It's a little surreal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. what version of, like, which, oh. so there's, there's technically, like, two versions of Batarang, right? Mm -hmm. There was the initial one, and then there was the, the one that was refactored. Mm -hmm. um, the stable one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a stable and unstable version. Like, are, are you getting like the best of both worlds uh, for this version, or mm -hmm. are you just building on one? Like, We're not really. Uh, it's not. It's not really a product. So we. we it, it's not like we are taking Batarang and we are porting to Angular 2, right? Because mostly because I think the needs are very different. I mean, like in in if if you're d doing Angular 1, like you need to be probably your concern is like your scopes, scopes right? Yeah. And <laughs> guess what? That's gone, right? So instead, uh, we were kind of looking at it from the perspective of what's needed in in Angular 2 and kind of looking as a result at Batarang, but also looking at at Chrome Dev, uh, sorry, at, uh, you know, React Dev tools and sort of other things, and in that sense, it's you know, it, it's not a clone of of that thing. But we still have like, we still kind of have like scopes, but well, they're kind of hidden. They're they're hidden as zones. So, um, do you think 
do you see guys like adding more zone support uh, to see like exactly how many asynchronous mm -hmm. processes are happening, um, how many are left? Or absolutely, and actually, um, what we try to do actually with BetterAngle is to establish a foundation that grabs information out of the inspected application, right? Uh, zones is something that we've explored as well, and it's probably something that we're going to add in the future iterations. Uh, so far, we just kind of hacked around it, played around with it, and in our initial developer preview, we're, we're not focusing on zones at this specific moment, yeah. but uh, this is definitely something that's in the pipeline and that we're going to add later on uh, as we progress through our iterations with that. So uh, I guess, like, well, it's too early, but like, I yeah. guess you could do the same thing for for, for web workers, mm -hmm. if you see the talk, essentially you're, you have this mess bus that you're able to communicate mm -hmm. through the web worker application. Mm -hmm. So you could presumably do the same thing with the, the Chrome app. Um, and then that would be kind of like a, a really cool killer feature. Um, have you guys like talked to the, the Angular team about like web worker debugging at all? Or? We, we talked to them briefly, actually, and uh, we, we got a lot of inspiration from Batarang as well. Yep. And we talked to a few of the contributors. And I think we're actually going to talk to them more from now on. But one of the uh, points of this project was also to establish what do we actually need from them. Mm -hmm. um, again, we kind of hacked around the DOM so far. Um, and the hope is that now that we uh, get this information, is that eventually maybe we can collaborate further with them and have uh, more of the information coming from the framework uh, as well directly. Yeah, because for me personally, it's, um uh, Jeff Wolfley and I, we're, we, we uh, created server rendering for Angular 2. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice to have like at least uh, another separate pane to see the uh, Angular 2 version of, of your Angular application as it goes through the request response cycle and seeing like the zones and see how everything sets up. Mm -hmm. uh, that, would, that would be great like visibility into the, the node application, which typically it hasn't been a really good debug environment. Mm -hmm. so. so maybe we should uh, collaborate with you guys a bit. Uh, more on that so um, before we move on a little bit I, I do want to mention about the uh, batarang stable not stable thing there's actually been a lot of work done on the not quote unquote not stable version of batarang to make it very cool and much more stable it actually works um, and lots of that um, has been done by uh, Randall Kautnick um, and so if you're using Angular 1 and you're using the quote like stable version of Batarang, you're using an ancient version of Batarang um, and you should use the original actual version of Batarang. It's uh, much better. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there uh, for Angular 1 people out there. I know there are only a couple of us, but... <laughs> One of the things that we are thinking about doing down the line is actually, because I think realistically a lot of people will actually be working with mixed applications, so we are looking, thinking of how we're going to potentially integrate yeah. the two tools so that mm -hmm. when you actually as you drop into an Angular 1 component of your Angular 2 application, you actually can still get what you would otherwise get with uh, with Batarang. But for the first version, what we focused on is, I mean, heard like a lot of tools like we're going to talk about, like it's component tree, component tree, right? So what we wanted to do is to actually just start by visualizing the, your application as a tree of components, including what this gives you is components that actually may be hidden Right, and so that, and then the idea is that so you actually, you know, the synchronize to your application. So as components gets added, your, you know, your tree kind of changes, and then when you go, you can actually inspect those components and see what's their state, what's their, you know, inputs, what their output bindings, and, and those kind of things. So that's our kind of 
that, that's what we're demoing today, and that's our sort of first version. Yeah, and to add to that, I think that this basically constitutes the most basic use case that is needed right now. I think component tree is something that we need to have first and visualize that, and then we can build on top of that and expand it and uh, you know, uh, show other aspects of the application. Um, but again, that's uh, the most basic use case that I think is needed. I think, I think it would be really great um, at, for everyone, I think, to see like the local variables. Mm -hmm. So whenever you do like NGRP, you're able to see like exactly what's being exported um, from your directives. Mm -hmm. Like that would be like one of the, the killer features that's missing from like Angular development. It's like, like sure, I, I know this is a local variable, but I don't know mm -hmm. if there's anyone like, okay. uh, for example, like a dollar index, dollar last, and everything. Like they're there, but you have to know that it's there. It's nice to like see in the debugger and say like, oh yeah, that has these local variables. It's a lot mm -hmm. more transparent. Well, we've got actually a lot of that in the current. So you can go and if you're looking at ng4, yeah. you could see the array that you're actually iterating on, and mm -hmm. then you know it shows. And then you could also go in, when you go an individual item, you can see what's the uh, what what are the instance variables of that component. So you're going to emphasize that in your talk. Probably, yeah. Nice. Oh, nice. How do you do that? Because in Angular 1, you had the debug scope. Um, yep. It was written into the, the elements. Mm -hmm. and that's, I guess, what they used in Batarang. Mm -hmm. How do you do that in Angular 2? Actually, it's really easy with Angular 2 because they have, and I think that was mentioned in the unit testing talk yesterday, uh, they have this uh, debug elemental object which contains so much information. And uh, there is also a couple of functions that the Angular framework exposes which we can use to get that, that object. And it has a lot of the stuff that we need. So in a way, it's actually easier in Angular 2 than uh, in a way compared to Angular 1. Right? They, they thought about this from, from the start, maybe. I'm sorry? Maybe they thought about it from the start. And I probably, yeah. Because it's your turn to break. That, that would be my guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so this time around, like, the, just to reiterate, like, so, um, so basically the Angular team, like, because they're starting from, from the beginning when they're starting Angular 2, like, they made sure that a lot of debugging features are baked mm -hmm. into the framework. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier for, for you guys to do your job uh, creating a, a really good debugging experience for every, everyone else. Yep. Have you talked to the NG inspector guy? or? So we um, we got in touch with uh, Randall, actually. And yeah. uh, we talked briefly with Brian Ford and uh, some of the contributors to NG inspector. Um, I think what we probably want to do is uh, uh, establish this communication more, because uh, we were, to be honest, we were new to this in a way, and we were also kind of hacking around and trying to figure stuff out. And now that we have this initial version, the developer preview, so to speak, um, I think we have uh, a lot more to talk about. Uh, I think that's what we'll be focusing on after the conference. Because, I mean, in the early version, a lot of the focus was, was on understanding what instrumentation information Angular 2 does provide mm -hmm. and how to marshal it back and how to actually get updates about events that happen in the inspected applications, right? And so now that we've got sort of the version one bit more or less wrapped up, we can now start thinking a little bit more about actual features and kind of refining them and, you know, and like kind of getting ideas from, more concrete ideas from those uh, uh, solutions. Yeah, and also we, we're thinking of incorporating other projects together. I know, I think NG Hint was, uh, I think. Uh, NG Stats. Yeah, there's a, like a lot of stuff that's been taken out, and maybe we can build on this open source effort and have this big happy family of uh, yeah, I think Angular right. 2 instrumentation working together. To yeah, maybe some Kent, kind Kent of plugin. Yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If, if Kent's uh, Kent yeah. is freezing. 
Uh, I think the, the stream is frozen. Yeah, maybe not the stream. Oh, okay. something wrong. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, thank you guys. Uh, I know that you must be really focusing on your talk yeah. now, so it, it was nice to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting us. Yeah. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Well, we've been out of time. <laughs> Camp is not going to be happy. But we, <laughs> we did more than one hour. Oh, it's fine. No, we've had shows longer than an hour before, and this was interesting content. So, uh, thank you, Olivier, for uh, kind of playing host there. I'm I'm super jealous of you right now, um, being at Angular Connect. I don't know the viewers. <laughs> I can't see this like big screen in this room. Yeah, we're all looking. <laughs> Just there. overseeing everyone. <laughs> yeah, I uh, somebody took a. a picture of that uh, screen and I, I saw that I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I look like. <laughs> nice. Um, so again, just uh, to wrap things up, tune in uh, for next week's show. Um, we'll be the regular time at Tuesday um, at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and we don't actually have that scheduled, so um, it will be a big surprise for you and me. No, just kidding. We'll plan it. It'll be awesome. Um, and as always, follow us on Twitter and Google Plus to keep up with the latest. And um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention, Olivier, before we wrap up? No, I wish we had more time for more speakers because uh, any uh, any of the talk here was really cool. But you can watch the videos on online. Um, the one from yesterday are, are already on YouTube, and the the one from today will be tomorrow. I hope. Yeah, there's this really cool like server rendering video. Like, yeah, you should watch that one as well. Yeah. yeah. So. Full stack Angular too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I heard it was pretty cool. I heard it was packed. Yeah. yeah. We we didn't have a chance to have a big announcement. I know a lot of people were waiting for the release date, um, but still, uh, I feel like things are taking shape and we can move to Angular too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's worth noting that like. Um, like everyone can affect the release of Angular 2. Like they could just go on GitHub and start contributing to mm -hmm. Angular 2 itself, and that, that in turn will um, help with the release date coming sooner yeah. as opposed to later. And yeah. even if you don't want or cannot write code for Angular 2, because I know that many may be afraid to do that, um, the documentation, please, guys, help us. Uh, it will be really cool to have that really soon. So you can just write the documentation list. Simple comments in the code, and it will be on the website after. So anyone can can help. Yeah. Great. Cool. Thank you, um, and enjoy the rest of the conference. Um, yeah, and thanks everybody for watching uh, or listening. <laughs> Bye. Ciao.